Hello, I'm Roger Baker, director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Subscribe today at rainworldview.com. Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, the place where you get insight into current geopolitical events and their future impacts. I'm your host, Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're discussing Tunisia's July 25th constitutional referendum. Back in March, Tunisia's president dissolved parliament amid deepening economic and political crises. What happens next? Here with details is Emily Hawthorne, Rain's senior Middle East and North Africa analyst. Welcome back to the podcast, Emily. Thank you. So what is happening in Tunisia with this upcoming constitutional referendum? Could you give me a little background? Yeah, so we have a really chaotic situation currently in Tunisia. For about a year now, the president, Kais Saeed, has been issuing executive decrees um, about parliament, about anti-corruption campaigns, and about presidential power. And uh, as you mentioned in your intro... He issued decrees that froze parliament, that that beefed up presidential authority. And uh, at the very end of 2021, the president announced that there would be a constitutional referendum in July 2022 um, and that uh, the country's legislature would stay frozen until there were new elections in December. So this upcoming December. So we're really close to the that July 25th constitutional referendum, which is being held on the year anniversary of when he made those first executive decrees. And it's a bit of a mess right now because that constitutional referendum is supposed to be on a draft, a new draft of the constitution. And it has been under a drafting process that um, in some ways has involved many actors in Tunisia and in other ways has really excluded a lot of voices in Tunisia. So there's a lot of disagreement in Tunisia's political sector about how truly consultative, how truly representative that new constitutional draft really is. And the big, big question is, are Tunisians just going to be voting on a constitution that represents President Kais Saeed's vision for the country and not other Tunisians' uh, vision for the country. So there's a lot of concern, uh, really, that this constitutional referendum is going to be um, voting on something that really only the president wants. <laughs> only the president wants it, but could anything actually change within Tunisia because of the referendum? So we could see some real structural changes to Tunisia's government as a result of this constitutional referendum. At its core, this constitutional referendum is going to be grappling with how the balance of power is meted out in Tunisia um, and what is subject to change because of this constitutional referendum is the 2014 constitution, which was a Nobel Peace Prize winning uh, constitution. It's a relatively new constitution, and it followed on the Arab Spring in 2011, which saw the ouster of longtime President Ben Ali and the introduction of a really deeply consultative process among Tunisian stakeholders, uh, civil society and political stakeholders, over what the future of Tunisia should be. And as a result of that process, that 2014 constitution gave a lot of power to the popularly elected parliament. 
Now, moving forward, what we are likely to see in this July 2022 constitutional referendum is a draft constitution that gives more power to the president. Um, and what will be really, really interesting to see is what the Tunisian public thinks about that. Over the last several years since the 2014 constitution and since the establishment of a, a more representative parliament, there has been a lot of growing unease within the Tunisian population about whether the parliament is doing its job, whether it's answering Tunisians' concerns. Um, so there has been some growing popular anger at the parliament, especially as Tunisia's economic problems have grown. Now, that said, it's it's not clear, of course, if the parliament is really the issue to blame here or if there are other factors that are causing um, Tunisia's political and, and economic paralysis. Um, so there's a lot of factors at play here. But um, it is very likely, based on what we're seeing about this referendum, what we're seeing about the degree of power that President Kais Saeed has right now to sort of push through what he wants, it's very likely that we do see a more presidential power-heavy and executive power-heavy structure of government be implemented in Tunisia as a result of this referendum. Now, of course, the last point I'll mention here about what could change in Tunisia is it's it's not certain that the constitution can really change Tunisia's economy in a positive way. Of course, that's not a, a question that can be directly answered with a constitution. Um, but really, a lot of Tunisians, most Tunisians arguably really care about the economy and about how well it's doing and how well they are faring. And it's just not immediately clear that adjusting the balance of power within the system away from parliament toward the president is going to answer those basic economic cost of living concerns. So while the structure of government could change, it's it's not clear whether it's going to change Tunisians' economic uh, and social satisfaction. Well, Emily, let's talk about outside Tunisia. Is there any changes that this could provoke in the region or the wider world? So for the most part, what happens in Tunisia is going to stay in Tunisia. Um, this issue certainly has the strongest impact on Tunisia itself. And it's going to really be a um, contentious issue within Tunisia between political stakeholders, between civil society organizations. It's mostly going to be this sort of firestorm within Tunisia. But it is really important to consider that Tunisia's political system is a bit of a poster child for transitioning from autocracy to democracy, certainly within the Arab world. Now, a lot of that um, sheen, a lot of that reputation has been damaged over the last year of President Saeed instituting these executive decrees that have amassed more power under the president. And in some ways, this constitutional referendum could just be a formalization of, of the president just amassing more power uh, away from the parliament. So in some ways, that reputation has already been uh, weakened. But it, it does really matter because Tunisia was often upheld as one of the only real democratic success stories from the Arab Spring. And I think that uh, if this is codified, if we do see presidential heavy system that uh, really doesn't uh, bring in the influence of a popularly elected parliament, I think it, it is going to be something that could convince other Arab governments and populations of of some of the futility of democratic reforms. And that does have an impact outside of Tunisia. And I think that that's really the key thing to watch with respect to this constitutional referendum 
um, even if you don't, you know, care about inside baseball Tunisian politics, I think that that is the big impact that matters outside of this small country. Thanks for that, Emily. Thank you. Emily Hawthorne is a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst with RAIN. You can read about the forecast for the region in RAIN's flagship third quarter geopolitical forecast. Subscribe today to get full access. Go to RAINWorldview.com. That's R-A-N-E worldview.com. I'm Emily Donahue. See you next week.